นโมทัสสะบุคคะทัวระทัวสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะบุคคะทัวระทัวสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะบุคคะทัวระทัวสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะพุทธังดมังสังขังนมัสสะ
down. That patient's endurance is essential and that we don't cultivate patient endurance when we're having a good time. And uh, this, is, uh, this is, I think, the place to start because to uh, try and imagine the benefit of patient endurance when we haven't really even taken on board, we haven't got our heads around the fact that it's essential, um, we're perhaps going to give up too soon. So I would suggest that the place to start is with the principle to really hear what the Buddha, what all great spiritual teachers have said about this virtue, to, to consider, to, 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 to program ourselves, to program our thinking that patient endurance is, is something we really need. Yeah, it's like an element in our diet. If we don't have patient endurance, well, you know, we, we're not going to be nourished. You know, it doesn't matter what else we've got. We're not going to stay the course. And there's no way we can be happy. There's no way we can live without serious frustration and disappointment if we don't have patient endurance. Something as simple as this afternoon, this evening, I was down in our our meadow beside the lake at the bottom of the hill there, and uh, we've got a little program there. We're trying to convert this rather boring monoculture into a beautiful wildflower meadow. And so early on in the year, we, we went down there and sprinkled these seeds, and and uh, and uh, then, of course, we go down there wanting to see the results. Here we are in the middle of the summer. Well, you know, there's a few wildflowers coming through, but perhaps not as many as we want. Well, if we didn't have patience, we could get really disappointed. But if you understand the place of patience, we say, well, you know, this, the, converting a boring monoculture to a beautiful wildflower meadow, it takes time. That's all there is to it. You know, basically, the soil's too rich. You know, there's too many phosphates on there from all the fertiliser the farmer put on there. And, and also, we put them in at a time of year where it's already very cold, actually. We didn't really understand... Um, enough about planting wildflower seeds but if we've got patience, well, what do you do? You wait until next year and maybe the following year you know, it does take a lot of effort to grow wildflower seeds the weeds come very quickly the wildflowers can take a long time or again to quote Ajahn Chah, you know, he used to talk about growing mango trees, he said what do you think if you put the mango tree in and then you go and pull it up and see how the root's doing <laughs> And then you put it back in again. And say, a few weeks later, you're going to pull it up and say, how are the roots doing? Well, of course, the mango tree is not really going to take root. It's, uh, if we don't have patience, our practice, whatever other practices we're doing, our commitment to mindfulness training, our commitment to cultivating focus, our commitment to developing a heart of loving kindness, if we don't have patience, it doesn't take root. It doesn't go deep. So to have the principle down, to uh, really to program ourselves with that, to, to look at, to listen to teachings, to hear what the great teachers have said and to look at the example of others and get inspired with this principle, with this virtue. Well, even to, you know, to really take on board the need for virtue, to contemplate what is virtue. You know, there, was, there was a time... It wasn't that long ago in European history where, where uh, religion and science decided they were enemies and so they went in different directions. And, they, uh, and the, the emphasis on virtue in society 
tended to fade away. It wasn't that long ago that people used to give their children the names of virtue. You'd name your daughter Patience, for instance. Well, these days, of course, if you named your daughter Patience, it would all be considered a little bit silly, which in a way is perhaps a little bit unfortunate. I mean, it's not the end of the world. We can correct it. But fortunately, Buddhism never had this problem of making enemies between religion and science. We see that it's all part of investigating reality. And and so we still give our names the, ourselves these names, like Ajahn Punyo here really is. His name means Master Blessed One. You know, that's what his name is. Of course, if you say it in English, it's not quite the same as Ajahn Punyo. Or Tanakaliko here is Venerable Timeless One. Or Tambodinando there is, is Venerable Bliss of Liberation, which is pretty lofty. And <laughs> you've been called Venerable Bliss of Liberation. Well, the reason, of course, we give ourselves these names is not they're not descriptions. I hasten to add these are kind of these are virtues. These are principles that elevate us. Yeah? And so, we have in our language and in our understanding of life this this word virtue, which is which is to be understood that the place of virtue. What is virtue? I, mean, I, I tend to think of virtue as as wholesome potential, whether it's dana virtue or, or integrity virtue or loving-kindness virtue or equanimity virtue or patience virtue we're talking about tonight. These are, if we develop these, these are not the end of themselves. Like you, can, you can have integrity virtue. You can be really pure in, in all your actions of body and speech but be a complete pain in the neck. You know, because you're attaching to the virtue as an end in itself. Or, or with patience, you, know, you can decide that patience virtue is something you've got to develop. Or if you're a parent, you can tell your children patience is a virtue in a kind of um, forceful way, you know, slightly preachy way, which is not that virtue is not the end in itself. Yeah. The wholesome potential, of course, is just potential. It's not an end in itself. But if we don't have wholesome potential, how are we going to bring about the actual transformation that we're looking for, the transformation of the heart, the greed, aversion and delusion, the raw material, uh, the compost of experience that we have to deal with? How are we going to bring about, how are we going to bring heat and pressure to this experience of frustration that we all feel to... Bring about the transformation. Well, it's these wholesome potentials that we generate. So particularly tonight, contemplating the wholesome potential of patience virtue, patience parami as it's called in Pali. And, and to hear what the great teacher said, uh, the, the, the Buddha, he referred to this, there's a little text in the scriptures which says, patient endurance is the supreme austerity. Well, sometimes it's translated, and I think very accurately and usefully translated, as patient endurance is the ultimate incinerator. If we want to burn through the obstructions to liberation, this is what we need. This is really what we need. So first, again, to first understand the principle that this is essential. If we don't have patient endurance, then, then whatever other goodness we have... It's not going to take root. And then there's the practice. Mm. Of course, just having the principle 
is of limited value. It's essential, but in itself, it's not enough. It's like understanding the principle of how to grow wildflowers in a meadow, meadow in Northumberland. You know, you can be sitting in your in your miserable, depressed bed set somewhere, surrounded by junk, dirty dishes, and and cigarette butts, and know everything there is to know about growing a wildflower meadow in Northumberland. But when it comes to getting out there on a windy day with a basket of seed, do you know what to do? I mean, it's very different knowing about and actually applying the principle. And when you get down there and, and it's Northumberland and it's, it's okay, it's spring, it's supposed to be warm enough for the, to be planting these kind of wildflower seeds and in the soil up here, and, but the wind is blowing, and how do you do it? How do you do this? Well, you know, maybe what you've got to do is walk backwards. Uh, so the wind scatters the seed. You don't just throw a lump of seeds down. You let the seeds flow through your hand at a certain rate, and it takes experience. This is the application of planting wildflower seeds. The application of the practice of patience is not fun. <laughs> Yeah, so, but if we've got the principle down, when we're having a bad time, we don't miss the opportunity and say, well, I'm a complete failure. I, I, you know, I'm really losing it here. I, all, all my good effort over the years, and I'm still getting angry, and, or I'm still getting depressed, I'm still getting miserable. Even when you're depressed, and depression can be seriously bad news, you know, if we can approach depression with patient endurance, actually apply the principle and remind ourselves this is an opportunity. This is not a symptom. This is not an indictment against our being. When we're experiencing suffering, we can take it as an indictment against us. If I was together meditator, I wouldn't be feeling depressed. I wouldn't be feeling sad. (laughs) Who says so? That's some story. That's some story we've got going on. Our commitment to to here and now awareness, understanding, means that even depression we can work with. And patient endurance is one of the best ways of working with it. We stop fighting it. We're willing to bear with the unbearable, to endure the unendurable. Again, that little quote on the calendar text that is on the month this year, Arjun Sumato is talking about the, the willingness to patiently endure through the troughs of disillusionment or, until the habits have worn out. Again, as I was saying before, that we can have some initial insights into what needs to be done, but then there's still this momentum of habit. Yeah. And, and so it's not a full letting go. It's a little letting go, and we experience something and say, wow, this is worthwhile. This practice really works. This is the way. This is what I need to be doing. And yet the next thing you know, you get a little tired or you get a bit worn down or whatever and pop, up comes the same old pattern again. And you think, oh. So no, no, it's not that you didn't see something. It's just this momentum of habit is still there. So we need patient endurance. And, and remember, this is patient endurance. It's a kindly endurance. I, in the beginning, I didn't really get the message properly. So what I practiced was bitter endurance. And uh, believe me, it doesn't work. Bitter endurance doesn't work. It's a bad idea. But patient endurance is profoundly useful. Patient endurance is a, is a, real, a real treasure. 
Yeah, it, as the Buddha said, it's a, it's the uh, the ultimate incinerator. You know, where where things that you really feel this obstruction is unsurmountable. Definitely. You know, I've asked all my friends, I've read all the books, and I've tried all my tricks, but it's still here, and it is definitely unsurmountable. Who said so? We don't have to say so. What we can also say as well, the Buddha said that patient endurance is the ultimate incinerator. This is the stuff. This kindly bearing with choosing to bear with in a kindly, patient way is a different sort of a tool. It doesn't wear away something like a chisel wears away at stone. It's like water flowing over the stone. Water flowing over the stone gradually wears away the stone. You don't see it happening, but it happens. So patient endurance, the application of patient endurance is very different from the application of of understanding, investigation, and the application of of, uh, effort. These different virtues that we're all encouraged to cultivate, the application of patience, it's unique. I would go as far as to say, actually, when I was thinking about this, that, that this month's virtue, patient endurance, is perhaps the most important. You know, because if we haven't got it, if we can say that, but I think it is, because if we haven't got that, we can undo, we can spoil so much of the other good efforts that we're making in, in, in practice, in life. So we can jump to the conclusion that something has come to an end. But if we exercise, if we're willing to exercise this kindly, patiently bearing with the unbearable, something will change. And so not to miss the opportunity. Whatever it is, you know, I, I used to practice when I was flying back from New Zealand on these aeroplanes. It's... Uh, 12 hours from New Zealand to Bangkok and then 12 hours from Bangkok to Heathrow. And somewhere around about Afghanistan, maybe even Greece, I don't remember, somewhere around about there, I was pretty close to the feeling of this is the unendurable. The smell, body odour, the oxygen deprivation, asphyxiation from the perfumes that people wear, the smell of booze and cooked animals, pretty close to being unendurable. That was my experience. And, and yet, I got to the point, I said, well, this is the way it appears. I really, no doubt about it, I really do not want to be here. In this situation, I definitely do not want to be here. I would really like this experience to be over. And whenever it is over, I'm never going to go on any one of these trips ever again. You know, that such thoughts occur. However, right now I'm here in the midst of the unendurable and I can choose to endure it. Yes, got a headache. Yes, my back is sore. Yes, got a stomachache. Yes, it's thoroughly disagreeable on pretty well every level. But I can choose to endure it. And something shifts when I do that. Now, so that, ex- that takes us to the next level, which is the experience of patient endurance. So the principle to really get that into our wiring, that patient endurance is not just some old-fashioned virtue that, you know, disappeared. It's just not relevant. It's, it's profoundly relevant to get that into our programming. And then the cultivation, the actual practice, the principle, the patience, and then the experience. The experience of finding that shift. So maybe it's years and years we've struggled with something. 
And it can be years. Maybe it's lifetimes. You know, probably we don't remember how many lifetimes we might have struggled with some particular obstruction. But the teaching says endure the unendurable. You know, bearing with that which is unbearable. And if we do that, well then the experience is that even in the midst of hopelessness, we can find hope. It appears hopeless, and and probably all of us have had the experience at some stage in our life of this really appears hopeless. With patient endurance, we don't have to believe that. With patient endurance, we can be in the midst of hopelessness and still recognize hope. So thank you very much this evening for your attention.